Hey, it's JJ here, owner of Scotland's original beard care brand, Bra Beard. Born in Scotland and enjoyed worldwide, Bra Beard produce high quality beard care products and a range of clothing. As the brand grows, so does our community, the Brawlerhood. With this show, I want to give you a further insight into the brand and the people involved. We'll be sharing stories, lessons learned, beard care tips, and interviews with our athletes and ambassadors. And generally just shooting the shit and seeing where the conversation takes us. You're listening to our brand new podcast, or should I say, the broadcast. Uh, so yeah, thanks for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy the show. Hello, welcome to the broadcast. This is episode three, and I'm here with Dean Riley. Dean was the first brought athlete, and uh, the brought athletes are just a collection of athletes who brought your sponsor, and they're involved in sports that I'm kind of interested in. Original and the best, some might say. Original and the best, definitely. <laughs> 100%. So uh, I first kind of found you uh, MMA in Cage Combat 7, I think it was. In Edinburgh. I can't, do you know what? I can't remember the number. I was talking about that on my way through here. Right. And I was driving past the sign for Dalkeith. And I was like, oh, I had my first two fights in Dalkeith. Aye. The, the Miners Club, Willie That's Scott right. shows. Woodburn, the uh, Woodburn Miners Club. Oh, is that the name? I couldn't yeah. remember the Woodburn bit, but I remember, I remember, it, I just remember calling it Dalkeith Miners Club, I think we just called I it. Think it's, I think it's in Dalkeith. Eh? Um, yeah. But yeah, aye. First couple of fights were in there, Willie Scott shows. Shout out to, to Willie Scott. To Willie Scott, and, Scott if I know. He ever, if he ever sees this, um, he was always an absolute gentleman whenever I dealt with him. And Joe, his shows were excellent. They were, they were always packed, they were packed in terms of lots of fights. It always ran really smoothly, and he just went fight, 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 fight. If I remember rightly, and yeah. cr- it was cr- it was always packed. It, it was, was always, always absolutely jam packed. It's a yeah. shame he doesn't run them anymore. Um, I uh, know they were good events. I went to a few of them. Um, but it was it was rammed and it was on kind of levels, wasn't it? Yeah, it was and like a really weird tiered seating system. I don't know if it was like a dance floor on the the bottom or something, Aye, and it something was tiered like seats. Yeah, I was honestly talking about my first ever fight in the way through here. Uh, the, my first one, I had a not long. Well, I'd, when was it? The fight was maybe about May or something. Right. And I I was in Japan with Paul and James for a fight in um, March, and I'd bleached my hair. I had peroxide blonde hair. Right. Okay. Right. No beard either. Um, and I was really pale, as I'm still relatively pale. Um, and the guy I was fighting was like the the, the opposite. It was the yin to my yang. <laughs> right, okay. And he was like dark hair, and he'd like he was a permatan Jordy, a guy called Stephen Defty. And if you ever sees this, hi Stephen, how you doing? But you were super tanned. And I've got this amazing picture of me in a triangle wrapped wrapped round his neck, and it's just this really pale blonde guy hanging off this really tanned guy. <laughs> Um, ah, it's pretty funny, yeah. but they were great shows. It's a it's a shame they don't go about. They're a great they're great shows to just get new guys on because I always felt um, there's no bullshit for Willie Scott. It's uh, just like oh, I've got this guy, get that guy. Do you want to match your guy with him? Yeah, cool, no bother. It was a good. Day. I always remember there was amateurs, semi pro, and pro. I think so. Yes, yeah. so amateurs back then would have been no headshots at all. That's right. Yeah, yeah. semi pro. Was headshot standing, no headshots on the ground. Yeah. And you also had pro gloves back in the day. It was always pro gloves. I never ever fought in like what the amateur gloves use now. They have like the padded gloves. I've always just fought in like 
Oh, is that the case? The amateurs wear the amateurs more... now wear like like a sparring glove. He's sparring them, so we just call them sparring gloves. But they're right, okay. they're like supposed to have like a domed cover on them. I see. So back then, whenever it was just like pro gloves for the start, so just like on you go. Yeah. And then yeah, like say like the the pro fights and stuff. There's also B class pro as well that had no elbows. Knees to the head, but no elbows. All right. There you go. I never knew that. We've <laughs> <laughs> got less rules now in terms of, like, or less less tiered rules. It's like amateur and pro for the most part. And yeah. I they've kind of smoothed that out a little bit yeah. than having all these different rules. Well, so it was kind of new then as yeah. well. You know, it was a new yeah. sport to the country. Yeah. So, uh, but then I remember seeing you at uh, Absolute Combat too. Yeah, I was bank. talking about that in the way through oh, here yeah. as well, Maddie. actually, yeah. A wee trip to Edinburgh. <laughs> well, do you know what? I drove past this hotel just round the road. I'm dri- driving about and I was dropping off uh, Roisin and um, I was like, I think I've been here before. I was like, I think I met a way in in that hotel just over oh, yeah. there for Absolute Combat 2. Mm. And uh, Lovey, who also had to weigh in, um, was driving his back. He right. probably should have been cutting weight and driving at the same time, but he actually got lost in between Glasgow and Edinburgh. And I was like, just it's a straight road, man. I know, because <laughs> we were basically, we were actually on Edinburgh on the way home for Glasgow, so it wasn't as bad. Um, but I think because we were just concentrating on, we are like, we are just so happy having made weight. We are all like, eating and drinking in the car and we missed like three turn-offs. <laughs> um, we are just like, where the, the fuck are we? I don't know. Fuck it. We've all we've got enough food to last us for how long it takes us to get back to Glasgow. So we'll just yeah. we'll, we'll find our way back. But uh, aye, that was a good night. That was a good night for the whole fight card. That for a whole, our whole team, we had like seven or eight guys on, and everybody won, and everybody had a right. good performance. And then Titan, uh, the legend is Titan, outshone every one of the fight team. By uh, having a threesome with two older birds that really? night after <laughs> that became the pure story afterwards. It's like, oh, I Titan, all the boys do well, get good victories and wins and all that, and then you just outdo everyone by being nineteen <laughs> and getting a threesome with two older birds. Amazing, like, <laughs> Titan, what a legend! I know. He actually done that video with us, didn't he? We done a video with we right, at the grip house and the... I bumped into him in the park yesterday. I was just sitting in the park reading a book, and then he tried to creep up on me. I am not one to be crept up on. I was like, you can't fucking creep up on me, Titan. Yeah. And he's the So we just sat down chatting. And it was Kelvin Grove Park in Glasgow. And it was like the sun was out scorching. Yeah. And we were sitting up the nice bit next to Park Circus so that there's no bams. But you could just hear just like carnage just going on. So we went over and had a look. And there's just like kids just like, ah, just like oh, trying really? to have shit fights. Just like, and then just run away. Oh, okay. and it was yeah. just, it was just mad. There's like, there must have been like 8,000 barbecues and fuck, it was just carnage, man. It's the same in the meadows in Edinburgh, man. Oh, right. It's a bit more reserved here, though. Can they have yeah. games of cricket and that? Like. <laughs> <laughs> but it's barbecues everywhere. It's just like smoke and smells amazing. Yeah, I bet it does. Yeah. I, I like I like that smell of certain type of smoke. <laughs> <laughs> I <don't>. <laughs> <laughs> I like that smell. Yeah. Aye, man. The, uh, speaking of that park, I've seen someone on your Instagram and there was a... Uh, a guy chilling with a budgie cage. <laughs> <laughs> what was that about? So I was in the park on Sunday and I'm sitting there and there's this guy just lying down sunbathing, topless, and he's got a bird cage next to him with two, like, I didn't go down and look at see a close look at what the birds were, but it was like two budgies. <laughs> and I was like, that might be the cruelest thing I've ever seen. Ah. Right, lads, uh, you guys could be flying about these trees, but I've got you trapped in this two foot by two foot cage. Go and fuck yourself. Cooking in the sun. I thought that was fucking brutal. I was like, you sad, ba- you sick <laughs> bastard. I couldn't believe it. 
Uh, but yeah, I was, I was joking on my Instagram story, like, oh, what are you up to today, Stevie? Oh, just going down the park with a couple of birds. <laughs> ah, you're some man, Stevie. I uh, seen that, I was like, what? That <laughs> be real. Mate, serious, 100% that, that is real, I promise you. I think he's maybe just bought them for the pet shop, and on the way home, he's like, I'll just have a wee sunbathe here. Mate, or do you think he's had them in the flat? No, I, I think he's had them in the flat. It looked like a, a cage that he, you would keep in the house, and he's went, going down the park with the birds. <laughs> I, mean, I, I, I I had a few people messaging me like, what the fuck is going on? I was like, I don't know, it's Glasgow, isn't it? <laughs> people make Glasgow, eh? I don't know, you see some weird sights running about there. I can't think of any now off the top of my head, but I've seen some weird things recently, and I'm like, the fucking Glasgow's weird, man. <laughs> it's I an interesting it. place. I love it, but it's weird. I know. I enjoy it, man. I spend a lot of time through there with the, the Glasgow Beard and Moustache Club. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. A bunch of guys as big well. Yeah. He's lost his beard. He's just got a fucking He's big got a partial beard now. He's actually in California, though, now. The time oh, this nice. goes live, he'll be back. But uh, he's in California doing an ultra marathon. Ah, he does. He loves his long running, eh? Aye. Fair play. Yeah, I've no, I don't have the patience for that. I'm just like, oh, I'm bored. I'd rather just, like, Sprint. run really quick yeah, yeah. and then be done rather than, like, go for ages. A guy that used to train with us years ago, he started doing it. And I was like, mate, fair play, a 100-mile marathon. He said, the key is, if you can't talk while you're doing it, you're running too fast. Really? He's like, you just need to go along at this little, doot, 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 this little pace. Yeah. Go along. You can't, like, go off, because you'll just be fucked. Aye, be knackered. I've just not got the patience for that, man. Nah. I'm bored. I'm the same. It's like, aye, I, I used to hate cycling uphill, because that was the reason. You just get bored. You start wander off, like yeah. your thoughts wander off. Eh? Yeah, yeah. Like I prefer belting and help fast and concentrating. And hence how you smash your well, back. There, there is that, pieces. yeah. <laughs> but then hence how you fucking made this amazing company. And there you go. Well, uh, that's what I keep saying. Like out of crisis. Oh, when the uh, out of crisis comes, aye, comes creativity. I guess so. Eh? It's like when people say, "Can I shouldn't have?" I'd, like I broke my back, then I raced two weeks later. Oh, you're mad you shouldn't have done that it could Definitely. be in a wheelchair but I wouldn't be sitting doing this yeah. if that, I didn't make that decision it's just stupid at the time but it worked out alright you're young and you do daft things but exactly it's, me, it's, that's it's, it. it's, what, it's what you make of it really isn't it yeah. so aye so getting back to your sport you were a MMA fighter yeah and I I seen you at uh, cage combat and absolute combat and then you went on to fighting cage warriors right yeah, yeah, fought in Cage Warriors four times, won twice, lost twice. Um, that was professional. Yeah, as, as a pro. so I, I only had like two amateur fights. Both of them were on Willie's show. Right, okay. Um, I, the amateur scene wasn't what it was right now. And an opportunity came up to turn pro. I'd had two amateur fights and one like Thai boxing fight. Yeah. An opportunity to come up to fight a pro fight against a guy on a guy's show, Guy Ramsey's show. Oh, yeah. And um, he it was like, oh, I was kind of hoping somebody nearby me, pointing no elbows, would take this fight. Because oh, right, okay. it had been a late pullout. And I was like, yeah, fuck it, I'll do it. So it was on like two weeks notice or something like that. So I took the fight, won the fight. And um, afterwards, I, I, I spoke to a couple of guys. And I was like, do you know what, should I maybe go back to semi-pro, as it was called then? or And they're like, nah, man, you train all the time. You train professionally. Um just just stay pro but it, looking back now that was definitely the the wrong decision but I, in in terms of the situation i might have 
you'd maybe even just make the same choice again because again there wasn't that massive amateur scene yeah but there's definitely mistakes that i made fighting professional that for professional rules that um i could have been done at a, a lower level before um i turned professional um like i get fighting pro mma for me it was never not until a lot later on it was never about getting to the ufc right okay for me not until much later on when robert was there and he was like oh come on you're good enough to do this i train with you all the time you're as good as these guys and then i was like all right i'll give it a shot yeah but for me it was just all about to see if i could do it like as a kid growing up like i'd obviously been in scotland you're getting a you're getting a bunch of fights and i'd always hated confrontation yeah um and I suppose the whole martial art thing is like the only thing I've ever really stuck at. And I wanted to see, I trained martial arts on and off from since I was like 17. I had my first fight when I was 25 or 26, I think. And I just wanted to see if I had the minerals to go and do it. And if I could actually do it. It was never about getting anywhere. And then you just end up taking more and more. And then you get into it. And then you're like, oh, what? You get a really good win. And you're like, oh, you, you, want, that, ah, you want that yeah. feeling again, you know? Um it wasn't until much later on that maybe I thought about, oh, I could maybe make something of this and, and get somewhere. And by that point, in a lot of ways, it was it was maybe too late. Right, okay. um, I mean, I came into sport relatively late. I, like I said, my first fight was like 25 or 26. Um, and like the, the way our team was structured at the time, we never really had a head coach or anything like that. We all just kind of like, like I'll, look, I'll take care of you. Mm. When you're fighting, you'll take care of me. This guy takes care of that guy and, yeah, yeah. and, and stuff like that. So we never actually had a, a head coach or anything. And I think I'm the type of person, um, unfortunately, that could I could do with a little bit of mentorship, a bit of lead, a bit of being led a little bit, uh, something like guidance. Like, like, yeah, a little bit of guidance. You know, mm. I'd, I'd to sound like a fucking uh, a, a psychologist session. I didn't really have a lot of that growing up. You know, like it was just me and my mum growing up and. Yeah. She's probably a bit too soft on me. She won't see this, so it's all right. I'm sure she knows anyway. <laughs> um, but yeah, I've always, I think I've always lacked that figure above me, like going like, look, did you fucking sort yourself out? Do you know what I mean? Because I've made a lot of stupid mistakes over over the years. And I feel as though in a lot of ways, I'm, I'm kind of 10 years behind, five to 10 years behind where I should be. Right. Um, which is annoying, but um, I hope I'm it's catching up. Part of the process, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah pretty much man but yeah in, in terms of MMA I definitely could have done with someone to go like right dickhead get in that jiu-jitsu gym get in that jiu-jitsu mat and don't fucking come off it until you know how to do x y and z yeah whether that takes three weeks or three months you're going to do it and you're not fighting again until you do that you know I could have done with that pressure being put on me um because maybe I was too scared to to admit it to myself that I maybe wasn't uh, at the stage I needed to be you know yeah but then is it also the case there wasn't many head coaches kicking about at that time? Uh, was the sport Yeah, still? but it's not like I was the only one in, in that position. I mean, we're all, we're all in the same boat, you know. I was just yeah. maybe too... I think I was just too immature and naive to... Right, okay. <laughs> do anything about it. I always put the blame myself. Right. Whatever happens, I always, always say this. One of my friends said this is probably the most depressing thing that I've ever said. <laughs> I was like, 99% uh, of things that happen to you in your life, good or bad, mm. are your own fault. Yeah. Like, if you got on a plane and it fucking drops out the sky five minutes after you take off, I was like, well, someone didn't fly the plane properly. It's your fault. You got on the plane. You got on the plane. So, I mean, it's your fault. As I just try and put everything back uh, on myself, blame myself, so that, yeah, I can only just look at myself and go, like, 
you're a dick. Which leads to me having some pretty dark moments of being depressed. I'm like, oh, I'm such an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so now you've transitioned from a MMA fighter to a coach. Yeah. You're now coaching at the Grip House. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How can how long have you been doing that? Like, when did you retire from? Yeah, uh, when did I start fighting? I stopped fighting in 2014. Right. Which is a fucking mad year. I won't even get into the details of that because it was a mad. It was a, it was literally the worst year of my life was 2014, and at the end I had my last ever fight in Ireland. And um, I'd always said when I, I came back, I stopped fighting for a couple of years, and I thought I'm going to keep fighting until I lose. Right. So I won my first fight when I came back, and then I had another couple of fights, and fights just kept getting cancelled. I get I get a head injury, I get a massive cut here. You probably won't be able to see that in the camera, but it's like seven stitches. It was massive. Shit. Made for some good Instagram pictures, but um, I can remember that on Instagram. It, was, it looked like I'd been hitting the head with a hatchet, and then I had other opponents pull out, and it's just I was like, after the fight I came back from, it was like another year until I got a fight, despite the fact I was in training like constantly, and I wasn't injured by that cut. Just things kept on happening. Yeah. Then I got then I got this fight in Ireland, and then I, I lost the fight, and I was like, I knew straight away. I was like, right, I'm not doing this anymore. I was like 32 or 33 at the time. I was like, time to channel my energies into something else and then a month after that i suppose in some ways i was still i came out the cage and i said to my then girlfriend i was like i'm done i'm not fighting again right and she and people around me were like oh no don't make a decision right now while you're still emotional and all that stuff but i, I knew i knew it was the, the right thing to do and then a month later i, I tore my the meniscus in my knee yeah. so i couldn't actually straighten my leg for like six months i walked about like that for six months i could Shh. and every now and then again it would lock out and i'd have to like pop it and stuff so in some ways that kind of like kind of forced the issue but although i was already thinking like um, no one's taking care of these amateur guys or some guys who are interested in doing mma so mm. i'm going to start taking care of them so i started running some what i call coach sparring sessions so it was a couple of three hours on the timetable right. i was like any guys that are interested in sparring come here and i'm going to get you sparring and i'm going to coach you through it you'll do like a couple of rounds and i'll give you some tips and you can do a couple more rounds and we'll do that so it just kind of started from there and then i just kind of started doing little bits and pieces uh, more and more and kind of built up a, a a small kind of small kind of team of guys you know yeah. so yeah i guess you're saying you never had the mentorship before but you're now being that mentor to these young guys yeah trying to um there's a guy called Simon Sinek and he's a he's a marketing guy but he actually speaks a lot more about people. Right. He's got a really good talk on um a TED talk um about about um your why start start with why his book's called Start with Why and his talk okay. is about that. It's really, really good. Um and he always says, Be the leader you wish you had. Uh. Yeah. Um, so if any of the guys that I coach are watching, this is why I'm a horrible bastard sometimes to you and I'm I'm a bit mean because I wish someone had grabbed me by the scruff of the neck and went, fucking do that properly. Do that because you have the ability to do it. Mm. One of the most frustrating things is seeing guys who have the ability to do something and just go like, they just don't bother. And yeah. I was I was probably that guy as well, which is probably why it frustrates me so much because I always think I could have done so much more, you know? Yeah. So. Well, so you'll see the potential that they can't actually see themselves. Yeah. They've maybe got self-doubt or... Doubting yeah. their skills or whatever, and you can see the potential. Yeah, and it's just drawing that out of them. Yeah, to prog make them progress. I guess. Yeah, it's just. I think everyone has got potential <laughs> at something. It just you need to channel your energies into it, you know. And if guys are, if guys are telling you that they want to 
train and they want to com- they want to eventually compete, then you want to see them put that effort in. Like it's quite a scary thing for me to put guys and see their first fight. I'm always quite, oh, this is this guy's first fight. How's he going to respond? Because yeah. the last thing I want is to put somebody in a fight and they get bluttered, they get knocked out something horrible and their mum or their dad's watching yeah, and I'm like, hey, how you doing? I'm the guy that... <clears throat> kind of falls on your shoulders, yeah. isn't it? Especially like young guys and stuff. A uh, young kid that trains with us, Jack, um, he had his first... Well, had, he had a fight last year, but it was a, a striking only fight. He had his first MMA fight on Dan Hope's show, which was last month, 20th of April. Right. And um, I was quite... I knew he had the skills... And I knew he had the the determination. He trains really hard, but you see, even though it was his first fight, I was like, oh, I don't know if this is going to go. I'm a wee, wee bit apprehensive here. Yeah. And it turned out it, it was brilliant. It, it was really good. They dominated the fight stuff, but especially like the younger guys who are like, Jack's what, 16? Um, it's like, oh, I, I feel as though I can't fuck this up. I need to make sure everything's right for him, you know? So yeah. I maybe sometimes a bit a bit strict putting guys in for their competing because I just I just I just don't want them to get fucked up <laughs> I just no, don't want them well, to get hurt a, you know it's, it's a sport at the end of the day as well like you didn't want them to get hurt and sicken them yeah or, you know sicken themselves and never fight again yeah you want them to enjoy the experience yeah and uh, it builds their character as well you know like yeah. I remember I, I boxed when I was well my first fight was when I was 13 I think my Cousin Russell, he turned pro and uh, took me along to the local boxing club, which is in Haddington. And I started training there when I was 10. And uh, I, you weren't allowed to fight until you were 12, I think, as an amateur. So uh, I think when I turned 13, that's when I, I fought. But that was my, my coach, got my license for me. So he's right, I need a photo and I need your signature. So I just, I just told my mum and dad, I need my photo and I need your signature. So they signed it and... Uh, that was my boxing license handed to me. So like, right, you're fighting soon. <laughs> so uh, and my first fight was on Valentine's Day. Nice. Yeah. And uh, I just I remember like hitting the pads before I went out. My coach was holding the pads, and the last fight was just finishing. And all I could hear was my heartbeat and my breath. That's yeah. all. That's just I don't know. It was weird. You just going to a strange. I don't, I don't know. Strange place. Mm-hmm. It's like you could just hear your heartbeat. You're never going. more aware of yourself. Aye. That was it. And then that walk mm. to the ring, it wasn't far. It was just in a sports hall. And it wasn't far. But you just, it was like jelly footsteps, eh? Just nerves. Yeah. But as soon as the bell goes, you're fine. Yeah, yeah, exactly. As soon as, I always say that to guys. Just, mate, as soon as this bell goes, everything's going to... Or I always used to find a glove touch. I used to make sure I was like, touch gloves. Uh, yeah. Because for me, that's your first contact. Yeah. And I used to use it to push them back to the cage as well. But <laughs> I'd be like, right, cool. And then I was like, right, here we go. And everything just feels normal. Yeah. yeah. Everything just goes, all right, cool, here we go. And it's I, a weird thing. It is a weird thing. And I, I found it more interesting than sparring as well because it's someone you hadn't met before. Yeah, yeah. So it's totally different. You get comfortable in sparring sometimes. If... 100%. Always, like, when you guys come in sparring, I'm always like, right, okay, everything goes back to being conservative again, and I, I like that. Yeah. And being like, right, okay, how am I going to figure figure this out, you know? And I'm, how, am I going to figure it out quickly or am, am I going to is he going to do something you know yeah. like whether it's grappling or or striking sparring with new people is always kind of quite like that so it's quite good to I quite like doing that sometimes to think about when I'm coaching so I go back and my right I was explaining this last week that um, 
how I'll start off every sparring round. I'm like, right, this is things that I'm looking for. So I'm going to start off with really high percentage, easy techniques for me to do. Right. And things that are little point scores, like maybe I'm going to jab or maybe I'm going to, I'm going to inside low kick to build my confidence. Like, right, I'm going to, I'm go- even if it's just jabbing the glove, I'm, like, right, I'm going to jab the glove. Right, I, I, know, right, I know how far he is now. Yeah. Right, I'm going to jab the back glove. Right, I can reach the back glove. That means I can reach his head if I step a little bit further. Yeah, yeah. Or I can hit my inside low kick. So then I'm just measuring that. So then it, you just gradually build your confidence. Right, right now I'm going to maybe go to, I'm going to throw a right hand to the body because it's a bigger target. I'm going. If I know I can hit that target, and that's going to build my confidence up. So, Aye. like if I spar with somebody new, that's generally kind of what I'll do. I'm going like high percentage, easy stuff for me to do that I'm confident in, and then just build up. And then by the end of the round, I'm like, I'm hopefully there. I'm like, right, I know I'm doing kind of whatever the fuck I want. I'm throwing some feints to hit some stuff. And you bedded yourself in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a it's a funny thing, but yeah, you're right. Like you get comfortable in sparring because you're like, oh, there's there's Dave. I've sparred with him all the time. I know exactly what he does, so exactly. I know all right, yeah. cool, I can do this. It's almost and I be like a false confidence that you can you can uh, forget about. Yeah, and I think maybe you become not lazy, but you'd switch off a little bit because you know how they react. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know that if he's not got a good left hook, so I can keep my right hand down because I know he's and he doesn't exactly. have the leg dexterity to kick me in the head. <laughs> yeah, you can sit back a wee bit. Yeah, yeah. I know. Aye. Like we, uh, I was training Muay Thai for a, a bit. Are you still doing that? Nah, nah. I was going to tell you the reason. The I was training for two years, and also it wasn't the best idea with my neck. You know, it's not. It's it's the vertebrae were crushed, so my neck sits further forward. Oh. So I can't really take any trauma through the top of my head. Right. Because uh, oh. that's how that's how it happened. So I've been A and E once, and that was for the trampoline. Well, <laughs> A and E for that the accident, and then afterwards I had to go to A and E after being at the trampoline park. And those things, those places Mate. fucking terrify me. Hey, it was nothing. It was, I was playing volleyball with friends' kids, right? Eh, no volleyball, dodgeball, sorry. I'm chucking the dodgeballs at each other. And I lost my foot. And, and all I'd done was roll back over my neck and then back on my feet. But I heard the like, a, crunch. Uh, the crunch yeah. I don't know if you heard my neck's crunched a few times when I've been in here. Ah, when you extended your knee, I heard the crunch as well. Oh, that, <laughs> <laughs> oh there goes my hands fucking as well. Hell. So I, had, uh, I woke up in the morning, sore head, like, headache and stuff and lanes like you know you, you need to go to hospital get checked so i went and got checked and they x-rayed it there was no damage but they could see the old damage for the, for the accident so i just had to be aware of not taking any neck uh, impact yeah so my tie probably wasn't the best idea but the coaches knew my situation so every time it came to sparring anytime sweeps came into it they would hold their arm out for me so i could hold on the arm and get let down gently so everybody in the gym knew that but then there was a novice came in, and worst guys to change. Uh, yeah, I know. It's just that thing. Hey, you're you're working around me, swapping partners at the time, and the novice just fucking booted my legs away from me and landed on landed on the side of my neck, and it hurt like <coughs> hurt like fuck. Hey, <coughs> hurt like fuck. So, uh, yeah, I was in pain for a couple of weeks. So I was just like, fuck it, sack it, man. Yeah. It's probably just telling me just to forget it. It's a shame, man. I know. I enjoyed it, man. I really enjoyed it. Well, I came to one of your classes yeah, at the yeah. grip house and really enjoyed it. But uh, now nah, I've been started uh, sort of strength training with a guy nice. a uh, couple of doors up. Trained with him years ago, and uh, he's just opened his own gym. So been doing strength training, squats and deadlifts, and we're doing it. And he, he knows about the injury as yeah, well, yeah. so we're doing it controlly. So that's cool. Nah, that's good. Enjoying it. Got to do something, man. Mate, I know it's. You need to keep your body moving. As soon as you stop moving, sooner everything <sighs> will just start to break, creak and break worse than it would anyway. So yeah, oh, I see. You I kind of you got to move about. Definitely, man. It's uh, you got to keep mobile. 
and I see it as a kind of release as well to get away from like work. Yeah. You know, you get stressed out at work, but that's kind of my release is going train. Yeah. It's no, it's no anger or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, it's yeah, just, no, definitely. Just man. get endorphins running. Hundred eh? percent. I get that as well. Like, it's, it's kind of a weird one for me now because my job is kind of in the gym, all, yeah. kind of all the time, you know. So you kind of there's no break from it. But see, just getting to switch off and just like spar jujitsu sometimes. Like, I, I ended up doing like I wasn't going to do something this morning because I've been in like six o'clock in the morning the past few days. I'm absolutely shattered. And then I've got a hundred percent dark chocolate. You know, I had. A, yes. I should have brought. So I should have brought it along. Sat in the car actually, but that shit blows your mind. So I had a square before I coached my last session before this training session was on. Right. I'd already. I'd planned in ahead. I was like, right, I'm just going to go and sit at eleven o'clock. I'm going to sit. I'm going to read a book. I'm just going to chill out. I've got another hours coaching to do. And this dark chocolate kicked in, and I was like, I'm fucking rolling, man. <laughs> just get I, mean, I just went in, I was like, T was like, are you, are you training? I was like, I wasn't going to, but I fucking am now. And I was like, boom, right in. And I was like, five rounds. Was it five, five sixes we did? And they were all like pretty high paced, man. It was yeah. that. So dark chocolate is my new ped. It's the way and forward. That is my new ped. Get TJ Dillashaw on the dark chocolate. Never mind, the, <laughs> never mind that EPO, TJ, son. Get yourself to 100% dark. You'll be all right. <laughs> okay, winning belts on dark chocolate. Fucking right, that's my ped. That's my new ped. Okay. Amazing. So, uh, so yeah, you got a, you got a team of fighters now, eh? You're training a, sm- a small team. Small yeah. team of fighters. Um, right, small small bunch of guys. A lot, a lot of really young guys who are like fourteen, fifteen, sixteen mm. at the moment. Um, so I'm just going to take my time. Yeah. No rush for those guys, um, yeah, and just kind of gradually kind of bring them through. They're all they're all nice boys, nice boys to be about and stuff like that. So that's good. It's one of the most important things. Like, I think it's very easy sometimes when you're involved in a sport um, that's can competitive and that everyone everyone's about the W, getting the win, getting the win, getting the win. Yeah, it's kind of forgetting like about the character building of people yeah because i've had i've had guys in the past who have been maybe good guys but they're not um conducive to the group do you know what i mean they're quite negative and you can be kind of bring like, a bullying atmosphere into things and put other uh. people down and stuff you know and in hindsight i'm like oh, fuck, that, that was quite bad and I, I, I really want to kind of stamp that out and the whole martial arts thing should really be more about developing your character as a person. It's great to win, and I want all the guys to win. But um, the biggest benefits are really just bringing bringing people along as 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 human beings. I think and giving them good good experiences that they can then take on into their life. Like being a fighter is a fucking terrible career choice, man. Really, like let's be honest. Get punched the, in the face for a living. Mate, the money's shit yeah. unless you're like a high level a high level boxer the money's crap yeah. um, it's probably not enough, enough to live off after like say you do a 10 year career even if you're probably fighting to like a, a decent high level it's, it's probably still not a, enough money to live off after you, you quit fighting so the percentage of people that are going to make it th- fighters and then maybe make some money off it's fucking absolutely tiny so it's more important I think that these guys develop good skills of being about people, good skills to defend themselves and then knowing that they have those skills so they don't have to be a wee fanny down ah, Kelvin exactly. Grove Park starting fights. Yeah, you build, know what I mean? Build respect as well, eh? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. 
definitely. Um, I know that's the, the the biggest things probably I've got out of this has just been, it's definitely brought me along as, as a person, being around good, positive people who want to just get up every day and do something good. They don't want to, they don't wake up every day and just go and get pissed and fucking eat, eat sick takeaways. They might, they might sometimes, but you know what I mean. It's, it's, a, it's a healthy. They want, they want to live a healthy way of living and exactly. be good to people around them. You know, so that that that's kind of much more important. You know, I've been thinking about that a lot more recently. Mm. Um, in terms of instead of like the the fighting angle, I think I was maybe focused on that for uh, maybe too much. And oh, I need to get these guys fighting, I need to get them competing, I need to get them winning. And how about I just need to develop these people into like good people and. Aye. Uh, the skills that they can use throughout their life with, and hopefully they'll continue to to keep training mm. but there's there's also the skills like like as i said before stepping in the ring it's it's totally nerve-wracking yeah but i think that kind of thing's helped me stand on stage and talk to people yeah yeah, yeah. so there's that kind of thing as well just getting over the hurdle getting in the cage performing that that's yeah. going to help set these guys up in the future like if if they get a job where they've got to do a presentation yeah, to people yeah. or something like that yeah it's building confidence. Definitely. Um, I, I st- standing up in front of talking people, I didn't realise how awkward it is for for a lot of people because I've done it since I was like twelve years old. Right. Um. I, I my mum used to work at uh, this place in uh, Dales Den called St Andrews College. It's not there anymore. And it was a teacher training college. Right. Okay. And every summer they used to run a summer school for kids over from like Portugal, Spain. Um, Palestine at one point, Brazil, yeah. Italy. So they had all these hundreds of kids over for like two to three week blocks learning English. Right. So I basically just they, <laughs> my mum basically got free childcare, and I got in the this summer school got basically a lackey. So <laughs> what we one of the jobs I had to do was I'd go around um the classes every morning explain their activities to them. So the classes same as schools here the classes are broken up into like people who don't who are at a low level of speaking English, medium and then a, a really good level of speaking English. Yeah. So I would I, I was never you were never told what class you're going to just like right you're going to class 2, right you're going to class 3 and me and one of the other guys would run about say and just going to class, right, guys, these are your activities for this afternoon. One o'clock, we have got football out on the thing. So I was doing that from like 12 years yeah, old yeah. in front of all these groups. And it's just, it's, public speaking's never really... It's just been ingrained in you. It's just never really been a thing. And yeah. uh, it's weird, but I, I didn't realise till recently how people are like, oh, public speaking, oh my God. And I'm like, fucking hell, I couldn't talk in front of anybody. It doesn't matter, yeah. you know. I was it's like, funny. I, I hate it, man. I, I still get nervous about it, like... Uh, the first one I done was just up the road. There's a, a venue up there. I got asked to do it just to. I think it was like young entrepreneurs in the, the audience and that, and you just start getting asked questions and stuff. But man, that was never I can yeah. at first. But again, it was like when you step in the ring and the bell goes, it's fine. Once you got the first sentence out, yeah, it was yeah, fine, yeah. and you just kind of get in your rhythm and it's all good. But uh, yeah, it was never racking for me because yeah. I, I hate talking in front of people at school and that, you know. Uh, yeah, this is helping, like doing yeah. the podcast and then doing the daily vlog and then social media and stuff's definitely helped get over yeah. that hurdle. So, uh, yeah, man. It's a, good, it's a, it's a handy skill. I always found it, I've just always found it quite good fun. Yeah. I just talk shit and make terrible, <laughs> I was coaching this morning and I just make like weird references to like like 90s stuff and I'm happy if one person in the room gets it and uh, I yeah. get it and me and them just have like a wee laugh. <laughs> Still a wee moment. Aye. 
there's this takedown a coach sometimes and the 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 older we get the less people are going to going to get the reference and um, I was like right you need to drop to your knees like Michael Jackson and Earth Song and there's only a couple (laughs) of people get that reference from that video "Ah, ah, (laughs) I just say it because it just makes it just makes me laugh now and I just know people are like what's he talking about some people get it some people people are like I get that yeah brilliant so uh, I with coaching as well so you've done a bit touring the world right helping fighters out i've done i've done yeah i've done bits and pieces mostly with um uh, robert whitefield who's another uh, bro athlete robert's uh been a good pal of mine since pretty much since he joined the team really yeah. um we kind of bonded over a couple of wee things that happened early doors in his uh, career with the team and then uh, we became like main training partners and then he he started going a little bit more over to Florida, which was disappointing for me because I lost like my main training partner and a good friend. Like, he, like there was obviously we had loads and loads of good guys, but there was just always there was always something extra about the rounds I had with Robert. There was just like there was this extra little bit. Maybe because we were good pals, uh, we were always pushing each other that a little bit, bit more. <laughs> we would try and kill each other, man. Like we used to do this sparring on a Monday morning, eleven o'clock boxing sparring in this small cage at the gym you know what the cage is like it's not that much bigger than this area nah, it's, it's quite small yeah. so we get 16 ounce gloves on and it started off robert insisted it started off as slow sparring which means like going nice and light and just like building technique and stuff but i'm not sure how long it took i'm going to guess over the course of months it became basically right so fighting on monday then so it was like eight to ten rounds some well, six, we'll say six to ten rounds i think the average we did was about eight Three minute rounds, one minute rest, and just fucking try to kill each other, man. It was like Shit, really? brutal, like bad. Don't get me wrong, I fucking loved every second of it. Yeah. Apart from when he broke his nose and then bought this Cleto Reyes headguard that had a big nose bar. Uh, so then he was basically wearing a crash helmet. Ah, uh, you can so get them. I couldn't hurt him. <laughs> So I could hit him with like the hardest punch I possibly could hit him with on the head. But he had this big stupid head guard just on. Smile so back at you. He would just like walk through it and he had a good chin anyway. So it was like this is like a yeah. performance enhancer for him. So I hated wearing head guards and he was always like, Oh, you need to wear head guards, you need to wear head guards. But I always relied on a little bit more like head movement. And I used to find that it would catch the side of the head guard and that would lose my balance. Yeah. Um so yeah, I mean there's times where I'd be going into the afternoon like hazy from the morning, like probably concussed each other badly, like, yeah. especially as I didn't like wearing hair guards and aye. Stupid looking back, like there's this whole thing about not sparring hard now, but it's definitely like made me pretty tough. I know I can take, I know I can take a, I can take a whack and keep well, going. I've, I've heard I've hitting the pads, man. It's fucking aye. scary. Like you can punch. Can. That's that's a that's a big tangent move on there. But um, I so Rab Rab is um became one of my main training partners and then I just ended up he he trusted my voice in the corner mm-hmm. and he trusted my voice uh, backstage to prep him right and yeah it's, I think it's just as all about trust you know and he was he was gracious enough to I remember before before he even signed for the UFC we were walking out of town I still remember exactly who we were right. when he told me this and he's like when I make it to that UFC you're coming with me and um, I just kind of took it as an off-the-cuff thing. And he's like, no, you're coming with me when I make it. And I was like, oh, I just, whatever, whoever's calling you will call me. He's like, no, you're coming with me. Right. And whenever, wherever he went, like, he was like, flew me out. 
um, either got the UFC to pay for it or a he might he might have even paid for it himself. But he would never he'd never take a penny off me for that. And um, for, like, forever grateful for him. For I had a lot of good experiences, met a lot of cool people. Mm. Um, uh, just from that, and I'm like forever grateful to him uh, for those experiences. You know, like life's all about really experiences at the end of Aye. the day. You know, um, and I he I had some great times with him and. We had we had some great wins. We had we had some lows from maybe where he, he lost fights. Um, he was obviously really disappointed about. Um, but um, yeah, we had some real good laughs, and I think a, a lot of the MMA fighters in Scotland could uh, really do be could really look up to Robert. Like mm. Robert, kind of pretty much came for nothing. You know, he built himself up a successful company. And then he decided to patch that because he had this. He wanted to fight MMA, and right. he was the first person that I ever trained with who was like, "I'm getting to that fucking UFC." Just go. Just and it was just goal. like, "I'm getting to that UFC," yeah. and he was just I've so single-minded about it. And I remember a couple of people, maybe I don't know if the phrase "thinking less" is right, or they maybe didn't. Maybe they didn't like that. Maybe they because they never had that about them. They, they didn't like it. I don't know. Hmm. Um, just a few people you'd see on like forums and stuff like that, and but um, I just had this single-minded focus. It's like I'm going to get that, and then it was like, I remember he went to Brazil for like six to eight weeks and trained at BTT, and um, came back like a lot better from that. And then he started going to ATT mm-hmm. over in Florida, and then he obviously just kind of kept getting better, you know. And um, he's always he was when he came back from these places. He's always really happy to pass on the skills. Like he used to run, like it was either Tuesday or Wednesday morning, he would do like a wall work session where most of uh, the DNFT wall work stuff has came from him. Right, okay. I'd, I'd, I'd say up to like maybe 90% has came from him all the way through the team. He came through all these, <coughs> excuse me, different controls, different takedowns that he taught the guys and that's now spread out and but the foundation has came from that because our war war was fucking pretty shit before that to be honest Um, and it's kind of came from him you know but it's one thing that's always stood out to me was his determination just to get that just to just to get there he's like I'm getting there I know that's the thing like to to try and it's maybe a bit easier now but I guess when Robert done it to get to the UFC he was the first Scotsman to do it right yeah so it's a massive goal yeah and to just say, right, I'm going to get to the UFC and just work and work and work and yeah. commit to it and uh, pulled it off. Ah, it, 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 se- it seemed impossible um, like years ago, you know. Like, I rem- remember talking to, I'd literally started at the gym a month right. and I was waiting outside on the stairs and I was talking to a couple of guys and um, I think they were they were fighting MMA. I think it was Danny Gray, actually. And I was like, oh, just go like, you want to like fight in the UFC or something? I I was just like total noob, really. I'd known I'd known about MMA and I'd been into martial arts, but didn't know the ins and outs of it. Yeah. And then I think whoever was there, I'm sure Danny was there, said, "Oh no, they don't have our weight class, and yeah, that's not a viable option." Basically, that that was kind of how the conversation went. So that was all. Oh, it's just not something that's it's for open. us. Yeah. It's just it's just not there. Yeah. But Rab always had that. I'm getting there, it's and then, <laughs> then the UFC brought in the weight classes, and yeah, just kind of went from there, you know. Good on me. So you, you, where did you, where was Rap's first fight? Texas. Texas. Yeah. So you went, you went over there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, 
I know what you're referring to. So um, I was going to tell John a story off camera, but I said I'd save it for here. So he doesn't even know <laughs> this story yet. I've not heard this. So yeah, we're in Texas. Really, really cool fun trip. And uh, we're staying in this big hotel complex. It was a beautiful, big place. It was so nice. I had this really weird structure in the middle. It was like a statue, but it, it well, it moved like right. that. It, it was floating in the air. Right, okay. did this. It was amazing. It was so cool. Anyway, so Robert's cutting weight on the Thursday night. It was me and him. We went down to the, the kind of... What did they, it was like the leisure pool type thing. So they had a swimming pool and they had a... Um, jacuzzi. So on the headline of that card was uh, Robbie Lawler against Johnny Hendricks. Oh, yeah. And... Uh, Robbie Lawler gave us a lift back one night, actually. He gave us a lift back from Whole Foods one day. <laughs> really? What a gentleman he is. And he bought, he bought, me, bought me and Kev Brooks a steak dinner nice. that night as well. What a gentleman. Good, good guy. Lovely guy. So me and Robert are down in the pool, and then the jacuzzi's over there. So Johnny Hendricks is there with all his team, like Mark Lehman and a bunch of other guys who I didn't know. So I didn't have my swim stuff with me. I was just sitting aside, like, I had maybe had jeans on or something. But Robert's in the pool, and he's like... I'm fucking grinning that jacuzzi with him. <laughs> and I was like, go and fucking sit right next to Johnny Hendricks on you go. <laughs> so Rav, <laughs> Rav walks up and he's like, all right, boys, room for a little one. And all that. And yeah. fucking, bloop, jumps in the water. <laughs> so I'm sitting at the side and I'm just fucking quite quiet. I don't know these guys. And Rab's just being Rab. He just fucking gets involved and just starts chatting to people. So Johnny Hendricks is sitting there and he's got his chewing tobacco in his mouth and he's got this big, massive, bushy beard. And I also, at that time, my beard was a lot bigger than this. It was a lot bushier. And I also had a big, massive, bushy beard. So I gave Johnny Hendricks the patented, Aye. you have a big, bushy beard? I have a big, bushy beard nod. Yeah. Like that. <laughs> he fucking looked at me as though I'd, like, pissed on his kids. He was just like... Oh, really? And he just gave... He actually gave me, like, a dirty look. And I was like, you motherfucker. So, Robbie Lawler, nice guy. Johnny Hendricks, prick. <laughs> there you go. So, aye. So, what a weird though. Give him the fucking patented. All right, mate. Exactly. That's, that's, some beard. That's that. accepted that walking that's down it. the street. I'm sure anyone watching this who has a beard knows the look. All right, mate. Got a yeah. nice big beard there. The beard nod. Aye. The beard nod. There you go. It's like bikers when you're driving down the road on a motorbike. Or a wave, or a wave, or wave or a nod aye. or something. Aye. So, Johnny Hendricks is not part of that. So, if you ever see Johnny Hendricks, tell me fuck off. <laughs> For Dean Riley. He can't fight anymore anyway. He's fucked. So. Is he? Aye. He's keep oh. getting beat. Boys, they'll punch fuck at me, though. Aye, you have heavy hands, though, eh? Aye. Can't even suffer watching him fight. Nah. I like Robbie Lawler. Always been a fan of him. Even back in the early UFCs. Yeah. Really, really nice guy, man. Yeah. Really nice guy. Um, I Like, through Robert, I've just got to meet, like, so many people that, through MMA, that I never would have got to meet. Um, Like, Robbie Lawler being one. Really nice guy. Mike Brown. Got to spend a good bit of time with Mike Brown. Um, got to train with Mike, and he was like, such a nice guy as well. Robert, he, He's actually in the broadhood, Mike Brown. Well, I'm not surprised. Robert yeah. Robert did this thing, right? So I think Mike's Mike was sceptical of the oils, right? And he's, right. Like, oh, he's like, I don't think that'll be a thing. So Robert put half of he put the oil on half of his beard and left the other half just dry. Like, just, just dry. Yeah. So Mike's girlfriend apparently didn't know about this and was like, 
well, your beard looks nice on that side. <laughs> so cool. that was like, I think that was Mike's introduction. Oh, this might actually be a thing. So uh, then, yeah. So he, he he likes... might, I've still got a photo on my phone somewhere. He had the comb and a, an oil. Yeah. And he sent me the picture. Sounds about right. So he's, uh, he's in the brotherhood. He's a, re- he's a really, really nice guy. He's strong as an ox. I, I got to train with him a bunch. Right. He was, he was a really, really nice guy, Mike. And uh, other guys like like Conan Silvera, who ended up being Robert's head coach. Like He was mm. like a super nice guy. We walked out to UFC Glasgow and Robert <coughs> came out to Flower of Scotland. Ah, I remember that. Right, it was amazing. It's one, one of the best experiences of my life is walking out on that night I in front of like, was... how many was in the Hydro? Like 12,000, 14,000 or something? I'm not sure, but the place, it was electric. Man. It, was it, was, it was amazing. It was amazing. So we're walking down the aisle, right? And Conan Silvera is like six foot three. He's a, he's a massive man. And I just remember I walk, walking out and I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. And Robert was ahead of us and Conan just looked at me and went, ah, and just like bear hugged me and like grabbed me in and I just felt like a child. And he's like, oh, this is amazing, bro. And something <laughs> like that. And I was just like, fucking yes. <laughs> just like, wow. It must have been even even better when Rap won. Oh, it was, am- like- uh, it was so cool. I just remember, sorry, I remember going like this, yes. And doing that and looking down at my feet and just going, oh, I was just like, like almost like praying or something. Yeah. And then I looked up and I was like, where the fuck's Rab? He's <laughs> in the crowd, Where it? the fuck they go? And then I ended, like me and Mike, uh, was it Mike Brown must have been, we walked over towards the cage and then just fucking Rab just appears with Brad Pickett and just he's just like walking out of the cage and I was like, where the fuck do you go? <laughs> it, it wasn't until like the next day I saw he jumped out the cage. Aye. I didn't even know. And I was like, where the fuck do you go? He's like, like, son, I don't know. I just fucking dis- <laughs> I just fucking lost it. I just jumped out. He just took off, eh? Mate, I, I think he honestly just had a, his head just blanked aye. and he was just like... Just a massive adrenaline rush. Oh, I he's, he's, he's an emotional guy. I'm sure he, he'll be happy to admit. And I... He just fucking... He was gone. I've, I've got the video on my <laughs> phone. I've watched it so many times. He just runs out. Yeah. I actually felt... So, the guy he fought was a guy called Paul Redmond. And Paul Redmond is an absolute diamond of a guy. Right. So, I, I kind of felt really bad for Paul. So I was super happy for Rad. But I was like, oh, that's Paul. I knew he'd just got knocked out. And he'd gone 0-2 in the UFC. And I was like, oh, this is his last fight in the UFC, really, isn't it? Yeah. So, really nice guy, Paul. But um, I had, like... It was amazing. It was an amazing moment. That whole that whole experience was yeah, I bet. Was, was brilliant. It was so good. Uh, I just remember the whole place singing "Flower of Scotland," and it was just. Do you know that way? See, see, because we were down there, you could just hear noise, and you, I could obviously hear the song, yeah. but it's kind of hard to take in. Uh-huh. Really, when. And I wasn't. It's not like I was the fucking centre of attention or anything. No, but it's like getting directed in your Just because you're your down direction. there, it's like fuck. I remember like one of our guys, Hissy, was right there. So we're walking out, and then I just see Hissy. Just Hissy's one of these guys who just appears. Like I bumped into him in the park the other day. He just kind of goes like that, and he's like, <laughs> just comes out of nowhere. And yeah. I was like, all right, big man, how's it going? And he's like, fucking. Ah, it was mad. My mate Ian was like filming it as well. Yeah, I think he, st- he might still have that video somewhere. I was, it was, it was brown. Really, it was a, it was a really special experience. That yeah, first one in Glasgow, first Scottish fighter to fight in Glasgow, first Scottish fighter to get a knockout in the UFC. Yeah. Um, first, first Scottish, Scottish fighter fight. to jump out no. the cage with a fucking <laughs> lunatic, and probably cost himself a thirty grand, oh, thirty grand bonus. He still insists that that cost him the bonus, which I very possibly might, he might be right there. Yeah. Um, but. 
It was a it was a clean knockout. Like it was. Aye, it was a great shot. A really good shot. Aye, it was, a, it was amazing atmosphere that that because we'd been to the UFC. My wife and I, Elaine, we had been to UFC in Dublin '93. Rich Franklin and Dan oh, Henderson. Fuck. An old one. Aye, and uh, 105 in Manchester with Bisping and Dennis Kang. I think it was. Fucking no. Hell. Fuck, I can't mind. Bisping and somebody, I'm sure. Um, so you, we had been to a few UFCs, yeah, yeah. but nothing like that. Yeah, yeah. It was just. I think Ariel Hawane gave it like Crowd of the Year on like, his MMA awards or something like that. Wouldn't surprise I'm me. Sure, man. he did. Yeah, like the Irish fans, they were passionate in Dublin. Yeah, but uh, but then in Ireland, I'm sure it was a kind of wedge shape, and then there was like a small yeah, scene area facing exactly. back. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Aye. So it wasn't quite the same. Yeah, but the the hydro was a lot bigger. Yeah, yeah. And that's a it's a great venue. The hydro, whoever designed that, fair play. Yeah, I was yeah. in it the other night, and ah, it's brilliant, brilliant for a fight. Yeah. Josh Taylor's fighting there this weekend actually um, I was at the last one the World Series of Boxing I can't make it unfortunately this week I've got something on I really want to go because he's fighting for I think he's fighting for a world title oh, and there's a guy on the undercard called I always get his it's, kind of, it's a Japanese name it's Noya Inoue right. and he's like a bantamweight and you know the lighter weights the, the knockout percentage gets lower because yeah. the lighter weights this boy knocks people out. Oh, really? Oh, he's a savage, man. Shit, I need to check that out. So, I'm disappointed I can't make it. I'm supposed to be competing in a jiu-jitsu tournament that I didn't realise until about a week ago. I'm like, oh, fuck, I really wanted to go to that boxing. So, so you're back competing? At jiu-jitsu? Yeah, so I, I did a match last year, just for the hell of it. Yeah. Um, to kind of give myself something to train. I'd, I'd been... So, what, the guys um, training at our gym, Gary Christie, who's the head mm. coach, and his business partner... James McIntyre, aka right. Meat, um, put on jiu-jitsu competitions. Really good jiu-jitsu competitions. Are very, very good at it. But they're putting on these things now called um, Scottish Grappling Invitational, the oh, SGI. Okay. So they're kind of like just small events. They just have individual matches. Yeah. Sometimes they'll have like a, a like a small tournament, like a middleweight title or something like that. But they're really good. Mm. Um, and I'd I'd been to one, and a bunch of guys from our gym had lost. And they kind of pissed me off because I, I thought a couple of them in particular had went into the match looking as though I deserve to win because I am here. Right, okay. Yeah. And I was like, that's some fucking bullshit. And they both get beat. <laughs> oh, did they? Uh, they both get beat and I was like, eh, you fucking deserve to get beat there. Uh, you, you, you... Yeah, from from where I was, again, it's just my opinion, I, I might be wrong. They, they looked like they were, I deserve to win because I am here. Mm. Um, and they both get beat, so I was like, that kind of lit a wee fire under me, and I was like, right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get a match on the next one, and I'm gonna go and I'm just gonna fight a dude. Admittedly, it was a bit of a boring match for anyone that's seen it, but um, I did try and fight the guy. He was, he was good, and yeah, jujitsu is kind of like that. It's like if there's one little inch that isn't quite right, you kind of can't press on, or you're going to make an arse of it. Right. Okay. So there was one little grip I needed to get, and he kept avoiding it, and I got it once and I advanced, but then he pulled it back, and yes, it was a boring match. But then that little, little that little little fire under Mars, and I was like, I'm going to get in. I'm going to train hard as fuck, and I'm going to get a bunch. I'm, I know there'll be other guys competing on the next one, and I'm going to kind of organise some training sessions, and then we're just going to fight like fucking them, yeah. which is kind of what we did. And I think everybody bar one won on the next one that we did. Like uh, Dan Hope won. He he hooked a guy, I'm sure. Um, Shaz won. He's a r- really good competitor. Jack Williamson won. Mm. I won. And I don't know if there's anybody else. I think Louise, Louise lost, um, but she still she fought hard. Um, but yeah, it was that was kind of what got me going. So 
they're doing a, a brilliantly named event. So they they do these jujitsu team events now. So it's like five aside. Right. So let's say you've got five people and I've got five people. So your number one guy. I'm not sure how the matchups exactly work. So let's say your number one guy fights my number one guy. Yeah. Whoever wins out of that stays on. So my number. So say your guy won. Uh. My number one guy. Right. You're it. Your number one guy now fights my number two guy. Shit, so he just keeps so, so he keeps going keeps until he loses. Right, so that's like winner Shark stays Tank, on. Yeah. Winner stays on, right? Right, aye, but stays on, yeah. if no one submits anyone, then they're both eliminated. Oh, so it makes you advance. So you kind of need to like push for submission, or you're out. Yeah, yeah. So it's quite cool. So they've called their event Square Go. Brilliant. Which is fucking genius. Yeah. Whoever came up with that, take the rest of the day off. You've done enough. <laughs> um. So SGI Square Go. So. There's a team for the Grip House against, I think we're competing against Rick Young's team, which is oh, a, yeah. an Edinburgh team. Yeah. Bunch of good guys there, so there'll be a bunch of tough matches. So it'll be interesting just to do it, you know. I've, um, I don't, it's one thing I wish I'd competed a lot when I was younger. Mm. I think it's some, like me and Guy were talking about this, like, once you get older and you slow down competing, you're like, oh, I should have competed so much more when I was younger, you know. So yeah. I'm going to kind of compete intermittently you know like some i'll do i'll do so i kind of forgot about this one to be honest with you i didn't realize <laughs> until two weeks ago i was doing it um but i'm going to kind of compete on and off just to kind of keep mine it gives you something to kind of work towards and train towards um yeah. i might compete in rome in october because i'm meeting a good friend of mine over there okay uh mark i think you've dealt with mark before i'm sure you sent some stuff over his gym before see you in new york yeah Aye. Aye. so i'm going to meet him in in Rome and he's competing over there so I might do that conference there just for the sake of we're there so I might as well, might as well do, it, do yeah. it you know it's an experience as well isn't mm-hmm. it but that's it as you yeah. say if you keep competing on and off keeps your hand in yeah and at least the, the guys you're training lets them see that you're yeah. still focused you know yeah it's something I've been thinking about a lot as well like try to like lead from the front Um I stopped MMA sparring for quite a while there because what I was trying to do was I, I was trying to make sure I was watching the sparring right. so that, right, if I can see they're needing some work here or needing some work there, I can direct them, especially the guys that are competing. But what I've started doing recently is just jumping back into the sparring and we've we've always usually got someone spare, either someone's injured or they're not feeling too well or just whatever reason or they're, they're just not trained that night. So yeah. I bought a gimbal oh, yeah. and I just get something to record the rounds. So, and then we've got a group that we put all the rounds in so we can, everyone can go back and watch them. And then we can like, oh, you need to maybe work on this. Yeah. You can do a bit more of that. So, so I'm starting to jump in, spawn a little bit more because a lot of the guys are, um, are are younger, so um, they're not massively experienced yet. So I can use my kind of experience a little bit more mm-hmm. and kind of help try and bring them on, making like the right decisions and things like that. You know. Well, that's it. And then if they can see it on video, like you're offering advice and saying you need to do this, change this, they can see it on video. So yeah. You're not bullshitting them. Yeah. They can see it. Yeah. So that's nah, good. It's a good idea. So, uh, so aye, that's what you're up to now. Coaching and aye, pretty much. I want to, to quote the Wu-Tang, I want to diversify your funds. I want to start, I kind of want to start doing some other stuff, you know, yeah. I want to start, but yeah, so I want to kind of, that's like a, a big thing that I've been working towards for the past few years, you know, so, I want to kind of try and put that money into something else now and mm. I want to try and, yeah, build some businesses or something. Like, I'm, I'm not really sure which direction I want to take, but I definitely want to diversify what I'm doing a little bit, even just one or two other things. Yeah. Um, I don't want to be stuck just kind of doing the same thing. I'm quite into, like, 
I'm quite into like streetwear and clothing. I, I had it in my head. I, I line a kind of t-shirts that I would like to do, or t-shirt kind of designs yeah. and stuff. But kind of loosely, in a sense, based around combat sports, but not not like fucking combat sports t-shirts or yeah. anything like that. But just some. I'll, t- I'll tell I you. I don't think give too much away here. Yeah. I'll tell you off camera. Okay, I'll tell cool. you then what I'm thinking about. Cool. But just I, I I like to do some other stuff. You know, like I've pretty much secluded myself to the gym for the past 13 years yeah. i've probably lost friendships i've certainly lost the uh, relationships um and i've i've certainly i've i've passed up opportunities and of just living a relatively normal life just to always be in the gym and yeah. while i'm still going to be in the gym all the time obviously it's 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 my bread and butter mm. but uh, there's other things that i would kind of like to do you know yeah, you want to pursue other things eh? side pro the side projects and stuff like that mm. you know so good yeah that's good man that's good to hear so you mentioned the wu-tang there yeah so i'm guessing your favorite music's hip-hop right it's certainly up there see i i think a lot of people think that's all i listen to but i, I listen to i think i've got a pretty eclectic taste in music yeah the only thing i don't really like is that really cold norwegian metal that Joachim hansen would would listen to <laughs> love uh, Alan Love would love that he'll never see this but um he might but he love he loves his cold metal and I'm I'm not a massive metal fan but that's not to say I don't like it I like I do like some metal tracks but I'm yeah. not going to go out my way to kind of listen to it but I like all sorts of music man I listen to fucking classical music sometimes I a lot smooth radio is my favorite radio station <laughs> I have smooth radio on all the time um a huge Jimi Hendrix fan, I really like reggae music. Yeah. I, I insist that summer comes round when I start playing reggae music. So as soon as it comes like oh, uh, sorry, springtime, I start playing reggae music in the gym all the time to try and like Lift coax coax the sun out. So that's that's my I'm trying to do it. The world is coax the sun out by playing uh, root, roots reggae music. Brilliant. Um, but yeah, I'm a big kind of big hip hop fan. Um, but like my my favorite band as a kid was Oasis. Uh, um, and I still like I just got a, a text off a friend of mine Chris about going to see the there's a a documentary about Liam Gallagher coming out called As You Were oh, right, okay. so we, me and him went to see the Supersonic one we, we were pals from school yeah. we were like mad Oasis fans at school and all that right. so we went to go and see Supersonic a couple of years ago and then we're going, we'll probably go and see this one as well. We went to see him when he went he was on tour last year and stuff like yeah, that yeah. so I'm still into all that kind of stuff but it's probably easier to write down a list of music that I don't like compared uh, to music that I do, you know. But yeah. I suppose I'm hip hop is certainly at the forefront a lot of the time. Fucking Biggie Smalls tattoo and fucking Wu Tang tattoo and shit like that. And Brilliant. Like Jimi Hendrix over here. Uh, but yeah, I do, I'm listening to a lot of Wu Tang. I went to see them last week actually on Sunday. Right. I went to see them on Sunday. And Joe, you know they were actually really good. Were they? It was cool. Aye. Yeah. It's good. The, the only one that wasn't there was Method Man. But like Raekwon was there, Ghostface was there, Rizza, Jizza, yeah. Young Dirty Bastard was there, who's ODB's son. Really? Who plays who basically does his father his dad's role. Aye. Do you know what he does a really good job? I it's kinda th- weird that he has a job because his dad's died, but he's really fucking good. I didn't realise it. I didn't know he was YDB. Fucking hell, I need to check that out. He's really good, man. But um, I Cappadonna was there, um, Inspector Deck, You God was yeah. there, mate. They were all there, brilliant. Everyone, and they were really good. I ended up fucking right down the front. <laughs> I've seen that on Instagram stories as they well. Were good man. But um, I went to see Jizza the month before, right? In SWG three in a, a club in Glasgow, and um, it was good. The sound wasn't amazing, 
but he's you can tell he's quite an a quiet guy. Maybe like yourself, he doesn't like to speak in front of crowds. Uh, so Reza is like a front man. He was like basically orchestrating the whole gig. Right, okay. And he was really good. And then everyone else would just come and do their bits. And everyone seemed a lot more comfortable that Reza was kind of taking taking charge taking charge of that, yeah. you know. So that that was cool. I really enjoyed it. It was good. Uh, I've seen the Wu Tang uh, documentary on YouTube. Have you seen that? What it's, one? <sighs> is it the seventeen minute one? It's that is like there's one that was came out that I would waited for for ages, and it was like seventeen minutes long, and it wasn't particularly good. But there's a new one coming out um, called uh, From Mikes to Men. I have not seen that one. It must have been a seventeen minute one. Right. It was alright. Had like uh, footage for like special, right? Nah, it wasn't really. Yeah. Had but some early footage in that yeah. film in the studio, which was cool to see. But I'm looking forward to the new one. The Mike's to Men one yeah. looks good. I'm looking forward to that. Just a friend of mine texted me from New York saying he was watching it, but he was tired, so he fell asleep. But he's recorded it, so right, okay. I'm looking forward to seeing that. It'll be cool. Ah, me too, man. It was also like I, I kind of grew up in punk music, so yeah, yeah. punk and then metal and then hip hop. A few of my mates like they were into hip hop and smoking weed and that. So yeah. I'm going to Cypress Hill, and then yeah, it, yeah, it leads yeah. on to eventually Wu Tang. And uh, now nah, I love her music. Like the new album's decent as well. I, th- I think I've got that one. What's it called? Is it Saga Continues? Yeah, you know, uh, that is good. That yeah. is good. Oh, that's, I'm saying that's, that might not be the new it's one. Like, it's the latest like, one it's, it's like a year and a half out or something. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. yeah. I'm reading this book just now called uh, Oh, I can't remember the name of it. It's by the guy who used to own Big Dada Records, right. uh, Will Aston. And he, it's about the recording of that album, but it's not like a, about, about the recording in terms of or such and such was in the studio that day and said this and said that. It's going into, like, the origins of the music. It's, and it's done through, like, he's called the chapters Chambers. It's, like, cha- oh, chamber right, one, yeah. so it's, like, 36, 36 chambers. chambers. Yeah. yeah. And it's so good. Like, there was a bit where he was talking about... I can't remember that. It's an, an old jazz musician, and they went through this phase of, like, playing really screechy, long saxophone notes. Right which then became the sound on Rebel Without a Pause, the Public Enemy song, right. which you'll know if you hear it immediately, you'll be like, right, yeah. that's that sound. But it also goes through, I think it's Shame on a Ninja, um, on the Wu-Tang song, and I'd yeah. never heard that until I'd read this book. And then I, I, was like, I immediately put the song on, and I was like, oh my God, because it's it. just really faint in the background. So he's talking about reappropriation of culture and stuff like that, and then the reuse and resurfacing of culture through the book is it's fucking excellent. I need to check that out. It's a really good book. Man, I'd read about it in like GQ or something like that and I just ordered it off Amazon. Yeah. And it's dynamite. It's really good. I need to check that really out. I like, interesting. I like uh, books like that. Yeah. The, the latest one I read was Ozzy Osbourne's uh, oh, right. autobiography. Fucking hilarious, man. Madman. Some, uh, some of the stories he... Is he still alive? <laughs> He's touring. He's, of course he is. <laughs> He's touring. I think it's next year they've got it planned. Anyway, he's coming to Glasgow. You gonna go? Nah, so the tickets sold out. Oh really? Yeah. Still get tickets for that somewhere. Ah, you won't do somehow. Cost a fortune, like. But, but yeah, Ozzy's still going. Surprisingly. And he's he's, he's, he's he totally is clean. Aye. He's uh, sober. Still going. He's this year knows what he just always like that. I ah, know. <laughs> Shaking a bit. <laughs> Brilliant. Eh? Fucking mad bastard. I ah, know. Try to think what. Uh, Fuck, we kind of covered everything I wanted to talk about. Apart from your bra products. we got got uh, oh, yeah. Wolverdine. Mate, that is like, honestly, man, like these two things are like the best 
things ever. I was like, <laughs> you're facing the product. Mate, I just thought that was so cool because I was like, how am I going to get my face on anything? And then when you asked me, can I put your face on that? I was like, yeah. And then when I remember when we got this bottle through, um, or when we got this design through, it was a friend of mine, Tommy Lakes, that got this design done just as he'd seen this artist on uh, Instagram and he got up to do this drawing just as like a like a weird kind of present. I was right. like, thank you for something. And uh, I remember we kind of spoke about it and when you got it through in the bottle, I was like, mate, that is amazing. I've still got the bottle. Yeah, yeah. Same. I think I've just ran out, but um, that's fucking... I take that one. That one's empty if you want to no, take no, it. No, I've still got the bottle. We'll keep that here because it'll keep it in case I lose it or break the other one. Yeah. I'll just, I'll, then I'll steal it off you, but I just, mate, I just thought that was brilliant. In fact, hold on two seconds. Let's see one. Well, that uh, that artist Tim Coon. Yeah, yeah, he's brilliant. I've used him a few times now. Yeah, he done the, the artwork for Brooke McDonald, the mountain biker. Right, right. And he done the one for Mrs. Bra. Uh, yeah, yeah, the, the, the red hair. hair. Aye. Yeah, he's excellent. He's Aye, Tim, really, really he's, good. Do you know what he sent me? He's got this company called or the Dodgy Collective. Aye. He's tried to do a few different things. He tried to do like some wee jujitsu figures. I don't think that panned out as well as he wanted to. But he made like this fake like Gucci t-shirt, Joe. The kids kicking about in these Gucci uh, t-shirts, and it said Dodgy. Ah, yeah. Instead, and he sent me one over, and I sent him over like a grip house jumper. But he also, I, I put up a picture on Instagram of me jumping on Sean Wright's back, and I'm choking him, and I'm like this. Right. And he just did a little sketch, and then he he tagged me in it, and I was like, because he'd said that he was going to sell them like post-it notes. And I was like, dude, let me know your PayPal address. I'll fucking. I'll buy that off you. And he's like, nah, nah, it's cool. You've hooked me up with, like, I think he hooked me up with John uh, and stuff. Yeah, he's yeah. like, he's just sitting over and I'm going to my room. Just little, just little pencil drawing. Brilliant. I need to laminate it so it doesn't fade, actually, on a wee post-it note. Yeah, yeah. But uh, what I was going to do, this is the bag, right? I get slagged off for this bag, but this bag's a game changer. So. <laughs> I'll take your word on that, then. Right, so in the bag, right? Move this round. So, this is going to look weird, I actually might do this before. I've actually got toothbrush and toothpaste because I wanted to brush my teeth, but I forgot. <laughs> I usually have my wallet, but I've, I've put that over there. Yeah, so I've got pen, pencil, phone charger, headphone charger, iPhone charger, Vaseline, right? Then, I've got the Brock Home. Ta da Nice. This is the, the, and this is the one with the little holder. That's yeah, the latest comb, that one. I like that. <laughs> it's slick, isn't it? I like that. I've I've still got the I've still got the flick knife comb, mm. but that the the glue separated, ah, so I, I keep it back. But it's still good. I've still got the long comb. I've still got one of them in the house that, as well. That's that's really good. That I keep that in my bathroom. Yeah. And then what was the one that had? It was, it was like it was wider, and it had the it was a lighter color than that, and it was engraved. It had like a a curve there oh that's right yeah yeah that one snapped aye they were I, I replaced them because I they really liked that one but I did break it yeah but the... then in the next pouch <laughs> we're still going there we I... go there's Dean I'm telling you I get slagged off for this bag my little bag here but it's a fucking game changer some bag that we got a toothpaste oh, there as shit. well man Don't want I, to need, I that. need to brush my teeth I feel I had, I had some lunch before I came here and I was like oh, I'm going to brush my teeth so I went and bought Toothpaste and a toothbrush, and then I forgot to use it before we started. So. That's all right. But there's enough space between us. Uh, yeah, it's cool. I know. I had some coffee as well, so I'm probably in the same boat here. We're all right then. That's why so I put these pop shields on so we can hide it. We're ickies. <laughs> uh, no, yeah. I'll, do you know what? This, if you're asking about products, obviously, I've always liked the Thriller in Manila. And I remember, I remember when you sent me the sample, you sent it through, and I was like, 
mate, I'm having to try hard not to lick this. Nah, I know. Like, it smells good, eh? It smells like, uh, even now, I'm like, the amount of people I go to that, smell this. <laughs> smell How good does that smell? And I'm like, oh, fuck, that's amazing. That's so good. And uh, yeah, I really like that. And I really, I love the, I, I love the combs. I use the combs all the time. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to be honest, I'm lazy now. And I don't use the oils as much as I should. And yeah. that's why my beard probably feels, I got a haircut the other day. so It's, it's a bit shorter now as well. Um, but I'm so fucking lazy. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, fucking. I've been out at, in my defense. I've been out at the I'm generally in the gym these well, days. Well, that's it. You're in the three gym. Three days a week for six time. o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Oh, which is brutal. But uh, no, the, the butter. See, like, on a Saturday afternoon, yeah. and I'm like, so Saturday afternoon, I finish it too. And then that's me free. And I'm like, right, now I can treat myself. So I'm like, <laughs> oh, put a little bit on, use a little bit in the hair as I, well. It goes in the hair well. I, I've it's not got that problem. Like, I'll just shave uh, it. Aerodynamic. That's exactly it, mate. Streamlined. Um, I was actually going to ask you if I can take one of these mugs. Uh, yes. That's yours, mate. That's yours. For being a guest on the show, that's your... Oh, uh, your beauty. Aye, so that's pretty much the episode done. Thanks for joining me on the, the broadcast. Thanks for having me on. No worries, man. Been looking forward to it. Yeah. Well, I wanted to get you on because you were the first bro athlete. And going forward, I want to get more athletes on and yep. ambassadors and just basically shoot the shit, have a conversation. Yeah, that would be good. And uh, nah, I enjoyed this one, man. It was good. Thanks, thanks very much for having me. And, uh, I appreciate it. You know, I appreciate all the fucking support you've given me over the years and just being a, a cool a cool bloke. And um, it's been it's been cool for me to see you you build it. Like I've, I've seen, seen you before um, we started filming, just seeing you build this community up through various different things, man. It's, yeah. it's, it's very awesome to Cheers, man. I appreciate see that. that. It's good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. all good. Thank you. Cool, thanks for watching, and we shall see you on the next one. See ya.